Go away. <laughs> All right, I'm ready now. Oh my. What was that? You got you got the got the cough too? Is it it's a transfer? Oh, I, I, I just love pipe smoking and it's Ah, <laughs> I see, I see. Okay. Oh, one second. Helps me solve crimes. <laughs> well, God damn it. Huh. All right. All right. Well, uh, I started Cancel Culture. Episode. I don't even know what episode we're on. I think we're on 15, but it might be 14. I don't know. I'm too lazy to look I've it up been either. Even 30. You're on thin ice. I think. I know that. I th- whatever. Cancel Culture episode 14. I'm, I'm just going to hop on that ledge. Uh, 14. Uh, I'm the humble host. Not very humble today. All right. There ain't shit to All talk right. about. Stop. Redo intro. We're not starting to sound like we're going to kill ourselves. Oh, I'm going to. You legitimately did this. You went, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Except it wasn't like funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just me again. All right. Everyone start over. Okay, take two. I'm totally not cutting any of this out. Take two. <laughs> Cancel culture. Welcome back. I'm going up. <laughs> Okay, this is episode 14. I'm that's it. That's that's the final final answer. Episode 14. Uh I'm the host Jazz. I've been here every episode. You know how it is. I got my gracious, beautiful, perfectly healthy as a horse co-host <laughs> Kevin and Dame, man. We're here. We're we're live. We're doing shit, right? Ain't nothing really to talk about, but we'll fucking bring make stuff up, I guess. Um that's what normally we'll be doing this podcast there was never any conflict between israel and palestine none of that happened it was made up like uh that one dude would say on uh ripley's believe it or not i never saw that uh but i ask every week so i gotta ask how are you two gentlemen doing fine <laughs> really sound like you guys have boring lives like there's never any shakeups in the well, school let, out. <laughs> school let out a little over a week ago, and uh, as a full-time student, once that happens, there's a period of monotony, so that's I f- what I'm dealing with. I feel that, gamer. I feel that. What about you, Dane? In my position, too. Damn. In Damn. Well, I'm sorry we to hear that, until man. Until we die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so there uh, a few things happened, I guess. Um, I guess we can start off with the the ceasefire with uh, Israel and Palestine, the totally real um, conflict. Uh, I'm still seeing on social media bad shit happening. I still see that Israel oh, is still, will. But, uh, still like, being they assholes. Just, they just said it. It's not going to be. Yeah. Anything. You know, like Dane said last time, uh, the reason, the main reason they're even doing this is because Netanyahu kind of wants to have a conflict to galvanize, like, his chances of the next election. Mm. So it's sort of like, it's not in his interest as a diabolical war hawk to actually uh, have a ceasefire. So it's sort of like... Oh, you better cease fire. It's like, sure, it's an uneasy, wink. It's an <laughs> uneasy truce with some scattered deaths along the front is what's going to happen. What's yeah. not what is, it's, it means it's happening right now. 
Anyway, we'll see but how at it least, develops. At least but we've I, kind of extracted ourselves relatively more than we had, which is all I care about. Mm. <laughs> United States interests. So, uh, I don't know, man. Like like I said, man, it seems like this is just kind of like, a, oh, we said we'll stop attacking, but we won't. Yeah, they, both sides have done this for yeah. the past 40 years. It means nothing. It just, the point that was annoying, well, more than annoying, pissing everyone off is that it took so long and so many brazen actions to get to this point. Like, they haven't been so brazen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm speaking of the Israelis. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just continue to watch it as uh, the next few weeks or so and see what what it comes of it. Um, I guess we, uh, moving away from it, from one sad topic to another sad topic, uh, I guess we can talk about um, the author of Berserk. <sighs> Um, Kentaro Miura is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a a tragedy for all time. All right. So I I know nothing about Berserk. All I know is that people love it. Um, I hear that it's very influential. People call it like the best manga of all time. Um, You know, you know, like how you can have daydreams. I, I very frequently have had day nightmares about this happening. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh wow! It's like, uh, he released two chapters this year. It's like that's pretty wild. It's like, uh, well, you know, he's only fifty three. It's like, uh, you know, he's not gonna die soon. Right. <laughs> but what if he did? Sort of thing, and. And all of a sudden you get the call from Kevin as you're sitting, you know, try, dozing in your recliner. Two in the morning. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's so angry. Angry at the world. Yeah. Reminds me of when uh, Juice World died. I was <laughs> angry at the whole world. I'm angry at the cruelty of life. Because, you know, I mean, there's the obvious thing of a (laughs) berserk will never have a proper ending if, you know, any continuation whatsoever. Mm. I mean, when he was alive, they barely made the fucking thing. So, you know, I don't know. But uh, berserk is just such a influential story on so many levels Mm -hmm. that it's a sort of like... I, I can't believe it. I, I still, like, I still cannot believe it. It just goes to show that uh, if you have anything you want to achieve in your life, go about achieving it as quickly as you can. You know, if you, if there is anything made in the past 20 years that is like Western fantasy, there is like a 90% chance it was inspired either partly or primarily by berserk like it, it like it, in multiple spheres in anime in manga mm-hmm. in storytelling in general it was just so like groundbreaking and to this day like not many other like stories really hold up to it mm-hmm. 
I mean, Dark Souls exists almost entirely because Berserk is a thing. Yeah. Like, real seriously. So, I mean, what can you say, man? It's a it's a goddamn tragedy. Uh, I, I did see that his um, assistant made a statement about, um, you know, um, Miura's passing. Um, do you think that maybe his assistant could finish the series? I don't know how long they've been working together, but would you accept that? It all that? depends. It depends if he left instructions or he it was clear to his assistant. Yeah, that I, I mean, so I you know, no it. matter no matter what, but the I hope not going to be the same. Yeah, no matter what, I hope that the uh, story gets finished in some capacity. But you know, there's like obviously the. As a fan, there's like the existential problem that'll always be at the back of your mind. It's like, it's like, okay, it's over, but is this what he would have wrote? Yeah. Sort of thing. And that... It's uh, never going to be the master's finished product. Yeah. Basically, uh, yeah. I brought up the tweet. Exactly. The tweet said... um, it was just them saying that they'll do their best and people don't know what that means. Does that mean that they're yeah, referring well, to the loss or if they're going to continue the story of Berserk? That's, I kind of read that as like, uh, so when J.S. Bach died, he left a part of his great uh, Fugle uh, book called The Art of Fugue, Well Unfinished. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of a rite of passage for a lot of classical musicians to try their hand at finishing it. And every single one of them to a man fail. You're supposed to. And I kind of read that as like, uh, we'll try, but uh, we don't hold out much hope. Because mm. you just can't. I mean, that's it's their genius. It's like if Michelangelo died halfway through the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's going, you're, I mean, you're going to be, a, you'll walk from like the, the vestry walking into it and you'll think, and, and you'll be struck by it. But midway through, you everyone will be able to tell a change in style because everyone has a different style no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's, and that's just hard to bear. Like yeah. I can tell myself as a musician what points, like there are some pieces of music that are unfinished and like they're students. So in, it's, you know, their version of, uh, you know, the assistants in, Amiora's case, like finish it and try their hands at finishing it, just you know, as a homage to their masters, as it were. Mm-hmm. And you know, like but what you, you can, can tell immediately, like yeah, that's not them at this point. What we can kind of hope for is like, uh, oh, basically, just he left like some sort of instructions on how it should wrap up. But to me, like as someone who like has kept up with the story. It's not, like, impossibly far away, the end. Like, but it's certainly not close. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like... uh, He would have to have been informing them for, like, years of where he wants it to go for them to, like, for, in my opinion, for them to kind of do it justice. And that just uh, there's just a lot. Yeah, you know, not likely. Area. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's just not very likely. And uh, man, like I mean, what can you say? It, it's it's a tra- it, 
like in not just the manga world or the anime world, but just in terms of art, mm-hmm. it's just such a tragedy. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is literally George R.R. R. Martin dying before he oh, finishes I, Game of oh, Thrones. My heart sinks. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking season. It's like, oh my God, that's it. That's what it's set in time for. <laughs> oh God, you cruel, malevolent being. It's like, please get off your ass. Stop watching The Last Kingdom and write the book. He's not even healthy. He's an old (laughs) fat man. Uh, Fingers crossed for my man, George R.R. Oh, more than fingers crossed. And Kentaro Miura, he... like, Like, it's... I know there's been a lot of, like, criticism of, like, berserk fans the past few days of, like all they seem to care about mm-hmm. is like the story right which isn't the case for me obviously that was the first thing i kind of thought of was because it's something i had been dreading for years might yeah. happen but you know i obviously i do feel like bad for the man like he he was a very very private individual mm-hmm. like he died on may the 6th and it did not become public knowledge until like May the 21st or something or the 20th. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, him and his family valued privacy like really strongly. And if you look, if you Google his name and go to Google images, there's only like two pictures of him on the internet that even exist, mm-hmm. which is crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, like, he's just the quintess, he's a quintessential artist in that. Or like a lot of artists, just it's all he does is create. So people, people talk about this and they bring this up as um, evidence that um, the work environments and the work, um, the way that mangakas work themselves to death, like everything needs to be changed in the manga industry. Um, same with the anime industry as well. Like it seems like over in Japan, they are more and more prone to working themselves to death. Um, like unironically. So people mm-hmm. are hoping that the, um, your passing would bring some change to the way that things are done over there. But it's like in doing that, that will mean a lot of stuff will slow. Um, I already think that too much anime comes out every season. Um, like you can just look at the animation studio uh, Mappa, the the studio that did Attack on Titan season four, and Villain Saga. They have like twelve animes that are coming out. Like that studio itself is animating twelve different animes for the next season. It's just like <laughs> how is that, is that something like the way you're saying is like things need to be changed but that's not something like that's that's just something surely that's done studio by studio or artist by artist yeah like maybe you know, i mean if, if you're so if you're able to churn stuff out then you're able to churn it out and if you don't want to then you won't well i think it's more like uh not animation studios but just animators in general mm-hmm. are like famously overworked in japan like there's like stories about like uh them working like 18 hours a day and sleeping at their desks and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure if 
you know, fatigue from working had anything to do with Miura's death. I mean, he died of like a aortal dissection, mm-hmm. which is like a heart condition. Very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. Like the only other famous person I can think of that ever died of it was like an English king like hundreds of years ago. Like I looked it up and that's like the only other thing I could see, but uh 200 people uh, 200,000 people in the US die of it or are afflicted by it a year and that is staggeringly low. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh Oh, I mean damn, what can you say, man? Just, just a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. R.I.P. to the men. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I'm unaware of its greatness, but I'm sure it is because it seems like it. it was, it was touched. So, um, so many people were touched by, um, and you know, I randomly came to it and it's completely to Kevin's credit because he just decided like, I'm just going to watch it one night. And I was like, Oh, what's this? And I wasn't really into any anime whatsoever. And within 10 minutes, I was fucking hooked. And you know, uh, and it was just so good. It has, it's so, it's got so many qualities in it that I just latch onto and never let go. I mean, and if, if anything, like, like you said a second ago, like there's so many animation studios just putting out so much anime. Can this man's work, please get a real anime adaptation, like a quality one? Mm. Like, I mean, everyone, even if you've never read Berserk, if you know anything about anime or manga, you know what Berserk is and you know how influential it is. It's like, so how is this, like, literally the goat manga the only thing that can't get a fucking quality adaptation? Like, the, like if I ever show anyone, and it, like, it's kind of a testament to the whole story because, you know, I showed it to Dane and there's no way for me to show it to him that's actually, like, exceptionally well-made. Mm-hmm. And it still left. It can still leave that sort of impression on people. You know, there's like the anime that's like 20 episodes from the 90s. That's like it's okay, but it's you know it's so fucking old mm-hmm. that you know modern audiences might have some like pains trying to watch it. Yeah. And then you know they made the movies of it, which are like. <sighs> it's all 3d animation which is just bad like if you want to use 3d animation for like some stuff like oh you know the colossal titan and the attack on titan is cgi 3d animation because it's like so big and it'd be hard to animate then you know whatever but like all those movies are 3d animated and it makes it just like weird to try to watch and then of course Oh, God, the, like, 2000... I think it's the 2015 series they made Mm -hmm. to try to continue the show is the worst... Abysmal. ...is the worst animation I have ever seen. Good God. And, yeah, apparently, like, uh, obviously people listening won't be able to see it, but while I'm talking, I'll look a clip up for you so you can see it, but... uh. Like, apparently the people who animated it, the studio that took it on was, like, 
not known for doing anime or anything. They were just sort of like, uh, like, oh, you know, we're decent at like CGI stuff like that. And it's just like, why? It's like, why would you? I, I just don't get it. It's like, why wouldn't you just give it to someone who knows what they're doing? Like, I, I just don't get it. And it's weird because, like, every so often, if you watch that, there will be, like, random shots of, like, 2D drawings and 2D animation that it's like, oh, look, look that looks like a normal show. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's literally only lasts, like, one second and it's gone. So, like, oh, someone please give this man's work, like, a proper animation. Like a decent anime adaptation, please. Uh, how many chapters is the manga, do you know? Or, like, off the top of your head, like, how long is it? It's a lot. I, I can't remember the exact number, but let me check. Because, like I said, I've wanted to check it out, and I've, I think I've watched maybe the first, like, ten minutes of one of the movies. I don't know. I don't know anything about Berserk. Um, it's, but I am interested. Uh, I think it's in like the mid 300s right now. Okay. Something like that. Damn, damn, damn. Well. Oh, and even like the sound effects and stuff in the show are just so bad. So horrendously bad. I don't know. I don't know either, man. Just big RIP to Kentaro Miura. Oh, man. I just hope that uh, nothing bad happens to any other people that um, we are currently waiting for them to finish things like Oda and One Piece. And uh, Yeah. One uh, thing you can say about Oda, though, is he actually works on his shit. <laughs> like, literally... A new chapter comes out every week and a new episode of the anime comes out every week. The One Piece anime does not stop. It keeps going with every chapter. Yeah. Which, you know, if you think about a lot of these animes, that's like pretty insane. Yeah. George R. R. Martin better hurry his old fat ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of waiting and this is re- this has really scared me. I stayed up half the night thinking about I'm not going to get berserk and then the thoughts of, you know, plausibly I may not get like a satisfying end to Game of Thrones and I will not have that. <laughs> <sighs> well, moving away from Miora and the impending doom that we all must must face. <laughs> Um, right, let's talk about stupid old Texas. <laughs> stupid Uh-oh. old Texas passed a bill. Um, let's see. I think. Wait. So when you pass bills, does it you does it go through the House first or the Senate? To the House and the Senate. It goes yeah, the House. It's, okay, it's right. Mostly the same everywhere. So, but it, it, but it's like a state thing. It's not like a federal yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. So they passed a bill um, through the House. We're basically saying that schools are no longer required to teach critical race theory, um, bring up things such as, you know, systemic racism, uh, white uh, supremacy, 
um, stuff like that. And it seems like people are really upset about this because it seems like Texas is kind of, kind of trying to, um, they're like, all right, you had your fun. You talked about white supremacy and how the world is ran by rich white people. We get it. Now we're going to take it out of the schools. And people are pretty uh, upset about this. Do you think that this is going to pass the Senate? Oh, the, the, this happened on the federal level? Uh, I I don't know, man. I'm, I just read the, the headlines. I'm reading uh, the Texas Senate on Saturday passed legislation that would ban schools uh, okay. from requiring so, staff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll, yeah. We're, we're very... I mean, yeah, right pro- I, probably. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, as sad as it is to say, it's not like that far off from what we already do. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about how we tell kids, knowing it's not true, we tell kids stuff like, Oh, it's like Columbus was a great hero, discovered the Americas and stuff like that. Yep, and then the pilgrims like uh, learned how to make corn from the Indians. (laughs) And that's why we have Thanksgiving and like stuff like that. There's really two big sides to this issue and and it's all stemmed from the fact that really the United States education system in general is in complete arrears and disrepair. Uh, because it doesn't have like a set it's got 50 different versions of itself and I think it stems from that and in Texas case like okay I'll give an example so my brother Drake the only star test he had so the star test I just said it without explaining it the star test is Texas uh, state mandated exam Mm -hmm. for high school it's our Um, standardized test Mm-hmm. Um, and my younger brother Drake only had to take the history exam this year and uh, he came home knowing what a history fanatic I am he immediately you know came and found me and was telling me about the test and he said he was shocked that there were very few questions on the Civil War mm. or on Reconstruction and he said most of it was civil <laughs> rights and that shocked me, not because, and I, for for one thing, I'd like to make very clear, I'm not like, oh, it's like uh, it's, uh, fucking Black Lives Matter taking over our schools. Not at all what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is that it's... That is what he said to me privately, no. but yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a private, though. <laughs> I'm a very disingenuous man. I understand. Um, but the problem with that is is it can't you have to teach history fully and it, it can't be it, it has to be the the strand the uh, the thread of it like a tapestry mm. and you can't zero in on any one big thing because if you do it the other things have to be done just as well yeah or you you come away with a very skewed image of it and it's going to skew the rest of your life because if history is what you think of yourself it's why it's so important um and what I think of this thing, because I'd heard about this, but I didn't know it, it had passed or anything like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I just didn't read into it lazily. Um, or just because I was being lazy, I mean. Um, but I see this as, uh, how, can, how should I put this? I don't think we should target it in any one way. And what, what I mean is exactly what I said about the star test mm. is teach 
it as it was. Confront racism head on like the Holocaust is confronted head on. Or don't have, don't try to like, what because what I think they're almost trying to do is sugarcoat it for their own political reasons because they think it's part of a liberal agenda. Okay, so and it kind of exposes their thing of like, well, if you think history is an agenda, then there you go. Yeah, so um, let me let me read this uh, little um, paragraph that uh, the governor uh, Dan Patrick said about the bill, um, and maybe it'll kind of add lieutenant governor. He's yeah, uh, lieutenant governor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, he says, um, and I quote, House Bill 3979 makes certain that critical race philosophies, including the 1619 founding myth, are removed from our school curriculum statewide. When parents send their children to school, they want their students to learn critical thinking without being indoctrinated with misinformation, charging that America and our Constitution are rooted in racism. Um, Texans roundly reject the woke philosophies that espouse that one race or sex is better than another and that someone by virtue of their race or sex is an innately racist, oppressive or sexist. So like now they frame this very cleverly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Because like, it's hard to disagree with any of that. Exactly. That's yeah. Their point. Um, and uh, for instance, hmm, this is such a touchy thing. I'll come out and say right now and whatever it does to me later, uh, from all I have ever learned of the 1619 Project, I'm not really a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's not as advantageous as, as it could so, be. And I I don't I think it's based on really false history and so, false reading. So what is the 1619? Um, I've, I've read about it somewhere. But it is. It, it's I mean, what it basically says. It's, it's, so it's the foundation. It's the... It's foundational belief, and I risk oversimplifying it mm-hmm. grossly, um, is, as its title suggests, 1619 is the founding of what we would call the United States or mm-hmm. America, which was the first uh, slave brought to uh, the colonies. Okay. Um, and that's just technically wrong more yeah. than it is. Like it's for one thing, it's agendizing history. And you're also doing something that I think is unforgivable in looking back through history, which is moralizing things. I'm fine with looking through things with, mo- with through, you know, moral lens. Cause you know, we look back through Nazi Germany and say they are absolutely deplorable. But what you can't do is do things like what a lot of times what people do with like someone from the middle ages, they say like, Oh, they pillaged and plundered and stuff like, yeah, that was the times. Yeah. And, you know, and again, you can't look back on slavery and say, like, well, that's just the times they live in. But that's that's what makes you know, studying history so intrinsically hard is how do you balance it? And what but what you don't do is completely come on the moral side. So the, I just, I've never been that, I, I don't hate the 1619 Project like I hate, you know, sort of the right wing kind of reglossing of it mm-hmm. uh but i don't i i think it's a disadvantage to the left as it were um but what they're framing it is just to go back to that is like i said it's very clever because you can't disagree with any of that it's uh uh it's they kind of remind me of some of the arguments uh dixiecrat segregationists would use in the 50s and the 60s because they draped themselves in constitutionality and, you, and if you go against it, you're going against the Constitution. But you have to see past that because that's not at all what they're saying. So What they're saying is, is we're going to teach things the way they were 40 years ago. 
And why I was saying earlier is that why I think I'm on two minds of this mm-hmm. is everything needs to be taught as much as anything else because yeah. that's how you learn history. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I'm reading more about this, kind of like glossing over this article and they're saying like, you know, the bill requires teachers to talk about who talk about race relations to look at viewpoints from diverse and contending perspectives and like wouldn't bring up these things, even if it is flawed, yeah. like wouldn't that be the diverse and contending perspective that'll kind of go against? All, and also, I don't think advanced race theory, which is a very pejorative term. I've mm-hmm. never really encountered a race theory except for mm-hmm. the Nazis. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's being purported in high schools. They're worried about if their kids will pass. Uh, well, like, I don't know. So it, Does it do any of the high schools that uh, there have like an African American studies? Because my high school did. Fuck no. Yeah. Not <laughs> so, not in the one I went to. Hell yeah. no. We had a goddamn no. Bible history class. That's oh, what I shit. took as an elective. Hey. And you know what? It, it's like something Dane touched on a little bit, but didn't really explain. Was like uh, in their statement, uh, they bas- they basically try to. Yes, they say things that you couldn't really disagree with mm-hmm. if they were true. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things they said weren't true or were extremely misleading. It's like, you know, uh, we believe, you know, it's not looking at something objective, but rather being indoctrinated. It's like, I what I said earlier before we even got on this was like indoctrinated. It's like, once again... As young children, we're, we are literally taught that <laughs> it's like, oh, the pilgrims landed and them and the Indians had fun and they got taught how to plant corn and, you know, oh, it's yeah. such a good time. It, because obviously you don't want to tell, like, I, I'm sure the excuse they'll use, like, you don't want to tell kids about, you know, you know, uh, the genocides or whatever that happened. It's like... <laughs> Then don't bring it up. Well, don't bring up a lie, though. Same thing with Christopher Columbus, fucking cunt he was. It's like, I don't know why anybody, like... Yeah, he's... It's like, I don't know why anyone would, like, try to, like... Like, bring him up as, like, this grand, like, historical hero... Like, it really doesn't serve he was any very, ethnic group. He was very like, important, but so was Stalin. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, we don't have Stalin Day in America. <laughs> even though the, oh, on the, mor- you know even though on the moral compass, they're probably about the same. And also, uh, God, what they said about, like, you know, we don't, you know, try, we don't believe in saying that uh, one race is be- teaching kids that one race is better than the other. It's like, well, if you were actually fighting for that, I couldn't disagree. But the whole point of, you know, teaching civil rights and, you know, stuff from minority perspectives is so everyone, we get history from kind of the perspective of all Americans who lived. Mm -hmm. You know, basically what it is, is they say that, but that's actually the opposite of what they're doing. They're trying to keep in this sort of whole, like, oh, you know, and <laughs> America was built by the hardworking white man who, you know, went to work with its <laughs> with lunch in his pail sort of thing. It just, 
yeah, just shameless. But, you know, what do we expect from Texas? And I live in Texas, but Jesus. Yeah, it's not like y'all fucking wilding over there. And also, like, it's not even, I don't think it'll, it'll even do anything. It's just one of those, it's just a punitive measure. It's not yeah, also, the, like, Texas, I think we're currently 39th in education, mm-hmm. which considering how much resources we have is a fucking disgrace. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, our education system, not even for, not even including that stuff is pretty fucked anyway. Because we like, like the star test is just a goddamn travesty. Yeah. Uh, I was living. No, yeah. No child, the no child left behind really fucked shit up over here. Uh, as it kind of did everywhere, frankly. But, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, like, like, what can you say? It's like, (laughs) what do I expect from these people? Nothing. Yeah, there's. I've thought about this deeply for sometimes, or I think about it deeply sometimes. I should say, and especially after Drake told me uh, the star test, that's, and I called Kevin about it because I was just so pissed. And again, stating for the record, I'm not saying in any way I was pissed that civil rights was on there. It mm. was the how stupid it was to teach any to have. He's like Drake told me like out of like 55 questions, he said like probably about 20 of them were over civil rights. And that is important, but, you know, it's it just shows how, like, the education system, the problem with it is, is it, it doesn't have a, a direction. It doesn't have, a like, a, a an arrow pointing on how it's going because that's why you study history, is to figure out how where things are going and because it's what leads up to your time so that it, at the very least... You have some sort of compass, or not compass, uh, some sort of torch in the fogginess of living everyday life. Because you can't predict the future, but at least with history, you can kind of know something. And it's the problem I have with the education system today is it's just so, it's all over the place. Mm. And it's, and you can ask people, I, I would wager that most American citizens today, in terms of history, are as about as are about as knowledgeable as they would have been fifty years ago. Oh, Maybe yeah, even less. I mean, that's and it that is an absolute lamentable travesty of the highest order, and it's why, in a lot of ways, we probably are divided as we are because there's no sense of national history. And I'm not saying you know it's like. Let's go back to the good old days when we knew everything back in the 50s. We knew ourselves then, like, well, it was a skewed view. Is we need a new and reinvigorated sense uh, of ourselves through the teaching of history and education. Mm. And that has to happen by not embracing things, in my opinion, like the 1619 Project, but teaching things the way they actually are. Like, for instance... I would say 99.9% of Americans in general don't know why the Second Amendment exists. Not what it's for, why it happened. It happened because Alexander Hamilton was a canny politician and he realized that he could not get the southern states to agree in the in the uh, Constitutional Congress to any sort of federal government unless he gave them some out to use against their slaves. 
So they had the right to bear arms against a slave uprising, which they feared, and which would come to pass with Nat Turner. Mm -hmm. It was a political wheeling and dealing. So teach that, just an example, teach that as what it was, why it happened, and then teach, you know, people say, oh, that makes Hamilton kind of, you know, he sacrificed his principles. Like, he did it so that we could have the Constitution. Yeah. And it's, it's why LBJ took out voting rights from this first Civil Rights Act in 1964, because he knew he wasn't going to get that passed that session. And look back on that, not as like, oh, as abandoning principles or something, but as people who had to live and make decisions in real time. Mm. And then you get this, you get a perfect view of history because I can't think of a historian worth his or her salt that doesn't think that way. It's why they all kind of agree on that kind of stuff. Oh, and uh, while you were saying that, it reminded me of like what you said, Jazz, when you were reading that. Said something like, oh, you know, we don't agree with the... uh, the, the founding with like the principle that America and the Constitution were like somehow racist in nature. It's like, oh my God! It's like that. That is like just as egregious. It's, it's like America was the only, you know, like world power by the time the Civil War came around that still dealt like primarily in slaves for agriculture it's like in our constitution it labeled black people as one third of a person yeah three-fifths yeah it's like come on man and i mean it just it it reminds me a lot of like uh you know when you learn about the because in texas we have to take texas history i I don't know if it's like similar for other states but uh Mm -hmm. i assume some of them at least but uh when you're in seventh grade in Texas, at least when I was in seventh grade, you had to learn Texas, take Texas history. And of course they do a whole spiel about the Alamo. And I imagine even people from Texas know what the Alamo is, but, uh, they, what a lot of historians basically agree on nowadays is that, uh, towards the end of the battle, Davy Crockett and his men were like some of the last people alive and they tried to surrender but were executed because the Mexican army was flying flag of no quarter, which means no prisoners. Like it's telling them beforehand, we're not taking prisoners. And that, I mean, essential to many people, that is just a fact. Like that is a historical fact. But I remember when I kind of learned that in a, like when I was like a sophomore or a freshman, I told my dad about it and I basically asked him the question, would you get mad? I don't know why I asked this, but I think I just kind of thought about it and it occurred to me. I was like, would you be mad if you figured out that schools were teaching kids that Davy Crockett surrendered when the battle of the Alamo was essentially over? (laughs) And he said, hell yeah, I'd be mad. And I said, why? And like he basic, they be, like no one I ask can ever give me like a straight answer really, mm-hmm. and it's basically just because like well, you know even if it's not true I like uh, my version or you know the fake version where like Davy Crockett is this you know like a John Wayne character. <laughs> so like, I like the the fucking Alamo movie where he blows himself up with all the powder. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. 
like mother of God, like we yeah. are fucking doomed in this country. That's like, kind of that. That's like nation myths, and that's that's inescapable for any nations. Like Henry V at Agincourt or something. It's you know it it's or Washington crossing the Delaware, which did happen, but not in the glorious way it's portrayed in like the pic in that famous portrait. Mm-hmm. They're probably it's, shivering their asses yeah, off doing and he, that. <laughs> and he also wouldn't be trying to show himself in fr- in there because he'd get spotted by the enemy on the bank. <laughs> um, anyway, but it's like that's just kind of unavoidable. But what we have a chance to do is because that national myth is is very powerful and nations simply can't exist without it. Everyone has to have, every nation has a, a myth about itself. It's either from a revolution or from a revolt or from independence or from, you know, hundreds of years of development and being as old as time as it were. Uh, and so every nation needs that. But where I think we're at a crux or a cross, a crossroads of having to reconcile blatant myths with facts now. And we have a chance of actually being doing something, making a hybrid. Because like I said, you can't, a nation has to have a myth of itself or it just, it falls apart Mm. because it just becomes technocratic about its history. And I think we have a, you know, as the generations of school kids come and go, there's a chance to to blend the meld uh, to, for instance, the Constitution. Uh, it was born with a cancer in it. And the framers, Alexander Hamilton and James Madison, say it. But the point is, they realized for the greater good, it had to be born, even with that cancer. And it was going to have to be left up to future generations to do something. That is the great lesson of history is you add one little line to this play and that's all you can expect to do. Mm-hmm. And that can serve as part of a national myth. And at least then we'll have a fact that can be put into the myth. <sighs> but, I, you know, it's, I wouldn't even say like... I wouldn't even say the Davy Crockett thing kind of falls under it's like all oh, the necessary national myth, the like myth or whatever. Because most of these national myths, it's sort of like, uh, you know, we don't really know exactly what it's like a scenario where you don't really know exactly what happened, but some sort of, you know, like dramatic account of it that people all kind of wink at each other and say, yeah, we know that's probably not true, but, uh, you know, we'll just say it is because it, you know, inspires like idealism or whatever. The Davy Crockett thing, we know for a fact is objectively wrong. It's false. <laughs> it's a fabrication. We know what happened. It, it, it's to me, it's like a much less harmful version of the Columbus thing where it's like, what do we even get from making Christopher Columbus some sort of hero? Like, who does that benefit? It's like, it's not like he's some sort of like, oh, American icon or something. He was fucking Italian in the service of like the the Portuguese and the Spanish. It's like, why do we, what is the point of having schools lie about it? Like, like seriously, 
I, I've asked a bunch of people that throughout the years, and no one's ever been able to give me a satisfying answer. Like, why do we? Why is why is Columbus Day a national holiday? And you know, it, the, with the whole Davy Crockett thing, it's kind of like, okay, you know, he didn't want to die, but you know, that doesn't make him less brave for everything else. You know, he basically abandoned his home because he wanted to, you know, like, oh, I believe in this, you know, independence thing going on and I want to do my part to help. Like, that is why Davy Crockett is famous in Texas. Not because he's dead in a blaze of glory or anything. I just don't understand. I mean, we already teach that... Uh, we literally teach people that Jim Bowie got sick and couldn't even fight in the battle and got murdered in his bed. <laughs> it doesn't make him not some sort of hero or anything. Uh, I just don't understand the point. It's like back to what I said. It's like I asked my dad and my stepdad about it, and they both said I would be mad if they taught the truth. And I think that's kind of what this whole... Like that's, that's like that's yeah that's just sort of the, it is part of the myth because that's that's what that's how powerful the a myth is. Myths uh, are way more important than real history and the in the history of humanity. Is we I mean look at how powerful religion is. Okay, okay, sure, but with these myths that don't provide anything, okay, like like so one of the big things that gets contested. And I think it's a little bit touched on in this like asinine thing that Texas was talking about was sort of like, you know, America sort of has always had this like uh, aura about it that they try to say it has where it's like, oh, it's sort of like the, the a bastion of freedom and equality and stuff. But then you kind of look at the history and it hasn't really practiced what it's preached sort of, but it's just the idea of you know, that's what America is about. That in like that in itself is a powerful thing and shouldn't be done away with. That I can kinda get. What I can't get are these things that provide nothing. Like lies that provide nothing. Like Columbus, there, yeah, like there, Crockett, stuff like that. There are like, why do these things that provide oh, nothing to people, but people everything want in to religion. Have them. Everything in religion is a lie, but, but you know, you know well, that's it's not the what idea we're of, about. of having it. Of that, you know, that's my myth. I, I know it's not true, mm -hmm. and but it's mine. It's part of my, it's it's a small part of my identity, and it's people want you know people won't allow you to take that away from. But me. that's not how people think about religion. Like people oh, don't yeah, people. It don't, is. No, it's not. People don't say, huh, well, I know it's not true. I don't, I don't mean it's not true. It's but not, it's I know it's not identity. actually true, wink, but it's part of my identity. It's like, because religion is something that even if you think it's stupid or it's a lie, mm -hmm. you can't really prove if it is or isn't. Yeah. With history, we know it's not. There's stuff like that. We know it isn't true. Mm -hmm. We get nothing out. We get nothing out of it. So why, like, what is the logic behind fighting so hard to keep you know, David Crockett thing, it's whatever. Frankly, it's not even a significant event in history, really, like relative to stuff that's actually significant. You know, I mean, if you compared it to like Franz Ferdinand being murdered, it's literally a blip 
it's, it doesn't even register. But with stuff like Columbus, it's like, it's harmful. It's literally like morally harmful. You prop up a genocidal maniac for no reason, for no reason. It's like, I, I don't care if people are emotional about it. If it's a lie, then do away with it. Like that's just, I mean, that's just the long and the short of it. It makes no sense to do anything else. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get beaten up by the Sopranos crew. (laughs) Fuck them. Half of them are dead. Oh, man. He was a a great man. (laughs) I don't know, man. Just all of this shit. He was a fucking charlatan. It it just seemed like, to me, it seemed like common sense. But I do think we are at a a really big crossroads of this. And over the years, it's just going to have to come to a head of, you know, what do we believe of ourselves? Because as you, just as America, not just Texas, Mm because Texas isn't important on the grand national stage of this. As much as we think we are, we've shown ourselves to be a pretty big lumbering giant. So, um but there's so many, and it's. I think it's why there's. It we're so divided, and polarized, or we become maybe less so in the past months, but we're still quite divided. Is that there are dozens of different national myths of the United States, different. And what I mean by myth, that's like, is identity of ourselves because that's what a myth is. Mm. And it's that, you know, what the Texas legislators remarks is their myth of it. And it's just one of those things that's going to, you're going to pry it from their cold, dead hands. Or it's like uh, uh, some of the most insufferable ones are the Scottish and their belief of their selves in the past, like, uh, which mostly stems from the movie Braveheart, to be honest, Uh, like shit like kilts and things like that and looking like savages. And they, they they looked basically like the English, but that's not part of their myth, is to have that, and that they will fight you tooth and nail for that. And it's that's how powerful that is. And I think that with education, it's just showing a battleground of where all these national identities of the United States are coming to basically to battle is who is going who is it going to be, because it can only be one. Mm-hmm. A nation cannot be united unless it has an uh, one idea of itself. The the big problem with the United States in the 1850s and the run up to 1861 is there were two big competing definitions of what it meant to be a United States citizen, to be a state, and of the what the federal government is and by extension what the United States was meant to be and saw where that led. I'm not in any way predicting that for us, but it just shows the power of the battle. And that's what I read every time I see something, some battle over education, is I see that because we've left it go so wrong for so long because we haven't just taught facts. Teach everything. Don't just, you know, center on civil rights as much as you center on reconstruction. Center on, you know, the disproportionate wealth 
and you know white sharecroppers in the 1840s through the 1880s in the deep south who lived very nearly like slaves but yet were for slavery somehow teach some teach how they're able to to have that definition of themselves and you get endless the main thing that I hate that kids don't know about history today, and it's why they just are so stupid about the world, is that they don't understand nuance. Yeah. They don't understand. They, they, and if you don't understand nuance, then how can you be inquisitive on your own? And that's, I mean, as much as I know about history, it's how I, it's how I have my moral compass. And it's, it's which is... That's why I like shows like Attack on Titan or Game of Thrones or Berserk. Which, and it's what I said I'd latch onto and won't let go, which is everything is relative. Mm -hmm. And that is completely missing in history today one way or another when it has to be found because obviously the right is fighting their battle for it. Do you think it's too late know, for... The Texas, the Texas legislator passes stupid shit all the time, so it whatever it's just par for the course yeah do you think it's too late for our country because like i've well this is very anecdotal but i've unironically had a real conversation with someone saying that there was no such thing as facts that everything is kind of an adult man told me like there's no such thing as facts um there's no everything is biased um there's no objective truths and i just if we were to teach them the facts, like there's still a large amount of people who just won't accept it. So then it's like, what do we do at that point? Yeah. Um, never. I would say there's nothing to be done at that. The most you can do is hope for, you know, just people to have inquisitive minds on their own. And if they don't, they don't. I would disagree with that. Uh, yeah, it literally makes no sense. And exactly. It's not well, true even I, I would disagree on that and this for in a in historical way because there are obviously objective scientific facts. Mm -hmm. um, his, just from a historical point of view, he's right in terms of morality, mm -hmm. but not history. Okay, because you can make objective facts in history. I'll make a really really uh, succinct one. Um, Joseph Stalin's five-year plan failed. Mm -hmm. It's not anything moral. The economics show it. The numbers show it. Mm -hmm. And it was the war, really, that kind of pushed the uh, impetus for industry. Uh, the the uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and he's, in, you know, the god of American democratic politics, but uh, most of his New Deal programs failed. It was the war that brought us out of the Depression. You can look at it. It's nothing, yeah. not moral to say that in any way. You can look at numbers. You can look at industrial output and GDP. It's just numbers. But if you say things like uh, feminism failed, well, then that's the moral thing. I don't know. Mm. This is but I think what this guy, I think something more along what this guy thinks is something like, uh, if we go to FDR, I bet he would believe something if, you know, he was come, came at it from like a right-wing perspective of, you know, you shouldn't teach about Roosevelt lock, like sending Japanese Americans to internment camps because, you know, that's biased. 
because that's trying to say that uh, they were racist back then. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, in a, it's like, it's not a fact. It's like bias. Like, well, no, it is a fact. It did happen. Everybody knows that it did. It's like, so we shouldn't teach something that is a fact. Like, I don't get It's something that happened. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know what? But, me but, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, it, you know, it makes them look bad. So, you know, someone might, someone who was anti Roosevelt for whatever reason, uh, might, you know, use that against him. And, you know, in that, in that sense, it could be biased. It's like, and I know that's what that guy means. And that is just totally asinine. It's like, oh, you know, but, you know, fucking dipshits will continue to want to be dipshits. And this is just for the, you know, risk of going too long on this because it's, it's unsolvable by us, is it? But it's the last thing I'll say on it. There is no greater service you can do to teaching, you know, young adults how to basically see history as the most important and greatest work of literature it's ever been. And what is in literature but good characters? And what good characters are not one-sided characters by definition. So with Roosevelt's thing, as Kevin was saying, teach that he had all these great programs from the New Deal. He gave, you know, the United States a new vision of itself that it just hadn't had. And it's, you know, which was a helping government, a, you know, a, a helping hand from government in the United States can do that and should do that. It should be a right. But he also signed away the freedoms of hundreds of thousands of Japanese citizens. They were citizens on for, on basically because he did not want to stand up to racist lobbies in Washington after uh, Pearl Harbor saying that, you know, these people are uh, spies. So it mm-hmm. was politically expedient to play the uh, the race card more than the jingoist card. It was a race card completely. Mm-hmm. And teach that as, you know, he's a human being. We, I, you know, everyone, it's so interesting to see. You'll have, you can ask this of anybody. And unless they're a complete moron, they will answer the same. Do you think humans are all good or all bad? Good or evil? Black and white? And everyone to a man, again, unless they're a, you know, a drooling troglodyte, is going to say, oh, I think they have good and bad things in them. Well, we don't teach history that way. And I mean, it's, I, I adore the achievements of LBJs. My favorite, um, like other than Lincoln and uh, Hamilton and Roosevelt's, my favorite American politician ever. But he had dark sides in him. I mean, he absolutely got us fucked up with Vietnam. Teach that, the nuance of that. And then you'll have much more rounded students of history coming out of classrooms. Then, and that's that. If anything, that's what I was saying earlier. Earlier, the melding of a national myth, which is a national definition of ourselves, with facts from history that's tempered with it. And is that not what an adult should be? You know, the the idealism of your youth, which would be the national myth, but tempered with the compromises of real life that you're going to have to make. And it feeds into everything else. 
And it's just not there. It is not there in the American education system because we teach things, as Kevin has been saying, that Columbus was a great man. He was an influential man by far, but he doesn't deserve statues because he's influential. And he doesn't deserve anything more than saying he discovered the new world because he was a charlatan, got lost, and if he hadn't have discovered it, what people, a lot of people don't mention is there was a very good chance he was going to lose his head when he returned back to Castile because they, he completely got his measurements off. And Teach, you know, Teach also, he was a genocidal maniac who was uh, hated in his own time. And you'll get a much more rounded and nuanced child, which is what you're wanting for generations down the line. And that's just not there today because you can see it in the way, you know, the nation is right now. It's why I think we're so divided. And at there, I'll end my rant in this. Yeah, There's man. a roach over here on the floor that just keeps looking at me. <laughs> I was, uh, ask the roach what he thinks about <laughs> about this bill. Do you think? <laughs> oh my! He's crawling up me. He's got control of the mic. I don't, <laughs> don't say a racist word. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, man. I I just we I guess we. We will see how we continue to grow as people. I like to think that things are always getting better, but when stuff like this happens, it just reminds me how much further we have to go. The Texas um, Saturday passed but, oh, I, the article started playing a video. Anyway, um, let's see. There was something else that kind of came up that I wanted to ask you guys about because I've talked with my roommates about it. Um, and my brother as well. Um, so there was an interview with Barack Obama, basically, and the topic of the whole interview was was aliens. People want to know, oh, do is the government um, hiding aliens from us? And yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, you're talking about space aliens, not immigrants. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I'm thinking that too, like, what? Um, So Barack Obama basically said um, When he became the President He asked people in the know If there was a secret alien lab somewhere That was holding alien specimens And they told him there wasn't Um, But What he did say is that we have Plenty of documentation And footage of like UFOs And um, aerial phenomena That we can't really explain We don't know what this stuff is um, and apparently there's going to be um, a lot of that information is going to be revealed to the public in June. Um, but by I him? don't care. I don't. Yeah, by him. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the U.S. intelligence agencies are expected oh, to release yeah. a report on it. Yeah. Um, so I don't care about any of this. What I care about is and I, I may have asked you guys already, but I don't think I have, at least not on the pod. Um, do you think it matters? Like. If we get the information tomorrow, right, that aliens have been living among us for however many long, uh, however many years long, and, um, you know, they just, they've already kind of assimilated into society and stuff like that, do you think that matters much? Like, you think, I'm asking you personally, because I know that people, of course, will freak out, but you personally, do you, because I don't, I don't think I would care that much. I think it would matter to a specific channel on TV, as in the History Channel, because it would mean that their show Ancient Aliens actually hit on something, and I will be eternally angry. So I better not be that. 
I mean, obviously, if it came out like, oh, extraterrestrial like beings have assimilated into human society, and it's like, of course, I would be fucking curious about it. I would want to know what they were doing and <laughs> no shit like that. But I mean, I, I think a more poignant question is sort of like, oh, if we did, uh, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like, it, what does it even matter if alien life exists in the universe? It probably does. Like, I can't say it for sure does because yeah. we have no actual evidence of it. Right. But, I mean, it's highly, highly unlikely that life doesn't exist in a universe that is literally infinite. Carl <laughs> Sagan used to say it would be, it's, it's a 100% chance that there's life. Just uh, no yeah, exactly. But I just like I, I think about. It, I'm just like I don't think of, I would care that much. At the very least, fucking moss growing on a rock somewhere. <laughs> I think it'll be. I think it'll be along the lines like if we came out tomorrow, they're like, oh, we're aliens been living among among us, and then they like rip off their. <laughs> Their, their faces. Uh oh. <laughs> like, like Wait, rip off their faces. I don't saying, think I would care. Are they saying it's gonna be like World of the Worlds where they're zapping us? I don't know, man. Okay, the, I would be a little concerned if that <laughs> a little, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. You know, uh, I just don't understand why motherfuckers are so fixated on the concept of aliens. Yeah, me <laughs> It's like, yeah. it's, it's like problems a, here. I, we might have talked about it before, but I just... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm not a dumbass and I can't think like a dumbass would. But when I hear dumbasses talk about shit like, oh, well, if there's something that's, you know, from thousands of years ago that's hard to explain, you know, it's not unreasonable to rule out aliens. It's not uh, It's not a reasonable thing to rule out aliens. It's like, it absolutely is reasonable this, to rule out fucking aliens. That is the exact aliens. same logic as someone living in ancient Mesopotamia. is like, where does that big ball of fire go? And like, it must be the sun god driving it around on a chariot. I mean, oh, you can't God. say that that's not what it is. <laughs> I can, and I am. But Jazz, you saying that it's not means that you're a flat earther because that means that you don't believe in the all right, picture. All right, Dave, so, so you're telling me that you've seen it with your own two eyes? <laughs> I see the sun daily. <laughs> I oh, have never shit. seen a chariot. And I will not accept this from you. In fact, <laughs> I don't ever want to talk talk to you again. It's a very this tiny is the end chariot. Of our interlocutor. <laughs> and uh. and maybe it. I know we're getting on a little bit of a tangent, but it needs to be said. All right. <laughs> so the fucking king of the fucking apes, Joe Rogan, had this dumb shit on his podcast. Oh, on one yeah, yeah, yeah. Dane knows exactly what I'm Graham, talking about. Look, it, it, yeah, it's a guy talking about. The <laughs> It, talking about the pyramids, and his whole point was like, well, I'm not saying it was aliens, like the yeah. dipshit fucking history channel show say, but, you know, I mean, just think about it. It doesn't make any sense how they built it. It's like, which, for one, it's like, what do you mean it doesn't make any sense? <laughs> and he said, like, a lot of people say it was a ramp. It's like, you know, with how heavy one of those blocks are, do you know how long you would need to make a ramp? It's like, 
like 10 miles, like a pretty big fucking ramp. And it's like, they couldn't do that. And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> you clearly underestimate the Egyptians. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they did, I'll tell everyone how the pyramids were made. Uh-oh. It's how they did everything that seems crazy to us. <laughs> they threw <laughs> death and suffering at it until it was finished. <laughs> because Pharaoh needed a tomb. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching that guy because it was actually one of the first Joe Rogan clips that I just watched in its entirety. And well, not entirety. I I stopped the moment it it you know it really went south. Um, but uh, it was late at night and I was just you know bored and I, it just popped up on my feed like oh it's, and I and the guy seems like all these charlatans. He seems like oh like because I think he was. Uh, He's 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 called himself an archaeologist, and it's what it was on the clip. So like, oh, it's but he's talking about like ancient civilizations in the Amazon, and I started listening to that, and he was giving some interesting things like there's ancient civilizations that we know perished because of deforestation. We can see some of them, and they probably had cities, you know, the size. It was during like the colonization years in the 1500s. They probably had cities the size of Paris or London all along the Amazon. And uh, Spanish explorers tried to find it. They got close. They said they were going to come back next year. But while they were there the first time, smallpox spread. By the time they got back, the population was in, uh, was halved. So anyway, so it just went nowhere. And then he started talking about Egyptology and started talking about the pyramids. And Joe Rogan, as incisive as ever, is like, I just don't think the pyramids. At first, he messed up and said, I don't think the pyramids were built. And they're like, uh, no question about that. <laughs> um, and then, he's like, I mean, like, I don't see how they, how the Egyptians could do it. And then the Graham guy started to, you know, go into the theory. And I was, I started to. Oh, um, God, I forgot. And he then, did, I'll let Dana explain it, he but he said, didn't even just focus on aliens. Yeah, and yeah. This, this is his main thing. He's less aliens with, than this. And <laughs> this is just as bad, if not more, in my opinion. This is the, this is delusion at its um, he started to purport because he, he gives the fact like the what he thinks are the the analysis or uh, of the the 10 mile ramp mm -hmm. that the Egyptians just didn't have the wherewithal to do that they would throw thousands of Jews lives away to build you know a road um, he, so he says that and then afterwards he says but that's that so obviously it can't be that and he said i don't believe and he says something dispelling that he doesn't believe in alien and in, in aliens helping so then he says that it was that we have we can't discount the possibility we can't discount the possibility that the egyptians used telekinesis to move the uh, the the brick and the stones and you know with their minds so he goes from you know from the high i would say of this video relatively of like oh i didn't know that about amazon civilizations to at the end of it purporting blah, 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 and they, they're moving all the stone rocks up and making pharaoh's tomb <laughs> and then joe rogan clamps onto that and says like you know maybe it was something psychedelic because you know anytime we can bring weed as a legitimate <laughs> or fucking meeting, mushrooms or you know, anytime acid or we can something. bring that in as something is like oh they're actually onto something like no they weren't 
<laughs> it's like we can't discount the possibility that it's some sort of like telekinetic art lost to us now. It's like, <laughs> you know, Graham, I absolutely can <laughs> discount that <laughs> because it defies the laws of physics. It makes no sense. And you're an idiot for thinking. You know, and, and, and you know how I know personally telekinesis is not real, and I'm sure many people would agree with me on this who are fans of this show, is that Dwight Schrute tried telekinesis <laughs> in the office, and he's failed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jim oh, could, and, but Jim's not real. <laughs> None of them are real. I just... Telekinesis. Yeah. There are motherfuckers in the world. That believe, they believe in the force. That's what that is. And don't get me started on Bigfoot. For <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> you know, there's a great channel, if you've never seen it, it's called Ralph the Movie Maker, and he uh, makes fun of a lot of like bad movies and TV shows, and he reviews good movies and stuff. But he did, a, uh, he did two videos... One was about ghosts and, like, bad ghost shows and how they scam people. And the other one was similar, and it was about... It was the second one. It's called Bit About Bigfoot. And it shows. is so good. It just begins... I'll never forget how it begins with, like, the guy going, like, all right, we're, we're going squatching. Like, there's a squatch out here. It's, like, in these woods. And Ralph just going, holy shit. We are in it for the long haul here. <laughs> but what he says in the very beginning of that video, and he's like, Bigfoot. <laughs> it's like, there are people in the year 2019 who believe in fucking Bigfoot. <laughs> it's like, you know, with ghosts, you know, people who believe in ghosts are kind of idiots. But... You know, I can get ghosts. Like, ghosts are, you know, deals with religion. Ghosts are, you know, you can't see them. They're like a supernatural force. But Bigfoot? <laughs> like, oh, and remember the part where you, he's th- like, th- you think it's scientifically plausible that there's a big, dumb ape running around? And in, like, one of the shows. And we've somehow it? never seen it? Uh, one of the shows he reviews. Not only seen it, no evidence. <laughs> no bones. <laughs> no shit. No ape shy size shit all over Montana. No one's been abducted and killed by this giant creature well, <laughs> in uh... history. But like one of the shows he was reviewing on it, they uh, this is great. You get this sort of <laughs> like this shooting circle from all the people in the town giving eyewitness testimony and for like trying to put down like this one scientist that they're you know going up against like (laughs) this intellectual has to come rain on our parade so i think and they're like giving all this one and ralph says like okay first of all like eyewitness testimony first-hand testimony is the most useless testimony there is well, what what that uh, what that line and that argument where that comes from specifically is, so the show Finding Bigfoot, which there's a funny bit in that video, which is like, oh, it's like uh, people have named it not Finding Bigfoot for their lack of evidence, despite 12 years on the air. But that on that show, they go to like these this these few like Dane said these couple of scientists. And they're saying, like, you know, it's funny how you're in this museum in front of that mastodon. It's like, which we have evidence and bones of. 
say it's like in saying that it exists but you know where's the evidence where are the bones and he says like well you know a mastodon is like an arctic species it's and you know in um you wouldn't find evidence of that of like a bones from a tropical species like uh, a sasquatch it's like for the longest Why time yeah, yeah yeah it's uh, for the longest time like uh, chimps and stuff we couldn't find bones Which of them <laughs> and it's like that is so untrue <laughs> but it, it one of the science the scientists finally goes like we just want real evidence and the guy says the guy who believes in bigfoot whose name is i just looked it up matt money maker <laughs> he certainly <laughs> made money he certainly <laughs> made money but he says basically uh it's like, well, if you want evidence, you can come to our town hall and you'll hear dozens of eyewitness testimony. And Ralph just says, yeah, but if you know anything about the sci- about scientific method, you would know that the lowest form of evidence is eyewitness testimony. <laughs> so, that, like, that's where that line comes from. And it's just... Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't they want to just show evidence? Do you like, do you know what sort of the scientific find of the millennia? We found an ape man, and then like, oh, you know, chimpanzees. We didn't know about them. Like, oh yeah, that's we only have natural selection and the origin of the species because of that. Well, Mother of God. We only have our very definition of humanity and its biological workings because we found them. Well, what if we're, we're, we're looking in the wrong spot? I mean, what if what if those unidentified flying objects is Bigfoot? Like maybe that's <laughs> what, like we're looking in the wrong spots, guys. I think I think we got some coming in June. <laughs> what, gonna if, your what, 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 what if you turned on the news one day and it's like the Air Force has you know, captured an alien craft and they show it and it's like they've apprehended the pilot and they're just leading away Bigfoot in cuffs. <laughs> what would you do if you turned on your TV and saw that? I'm turning I'm off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly, I have been hit by a car yeah. walking the street and I'm in a coma. I'm dead. A yeah. I'm getting back in bed. I'm like, I gotta be dreaming. I gotta be asleep. There's no way, bro. Oh my god. Or if it's just Bigfoot, like paragliding or something. I don't fucking know. That would be an unidentified oh, also, the ages. It'll also be this, you know, country yokel from it'll be like they'll say they'll say like, I was coming out to go to my shed and uh and in the woods I just saw him there and I, I shoot him away, like shoot, get out of here. It's like and also the film footage is the most shoddiest crap. It's like they've they've done those shitty things they used to do in old movies, which was Instead of filming at night, they've darkened the day shot. Yeah, they've <laughs> taken a. Guy. They filmed during the day and color corrected it yeah. blue to try to make it look dark. <laughs> Just film it at night, you lazy prick. We're <laughs> uh, faking a fake story. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're not even doing it. A reenactment of a fake story. Anyway, we've gone too down, too far down the Bigfoot rabbit hole. But my point is, with all this, like people are so damn dumb that they are willing to bet their lives 
that Bigfoot exists. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Do you not think like a human being? I don't know. All I know is you be looking real stupid in June when they dropped that. <laughs> Whenever they, yeah. Whenever they come out with real evidence of Bigfoot on a hand glider, it's like unidentified flying object. And yes, I will look stupid. But until that day, I hold my position. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you believe in Bigfoot, fuck you. <laughs> Just stop listening. Just turn it off. Don't don't come back. <laughs> you're not wanted in this bar. Or actually, I take it back. If you do believe in Bigfoot, <laughs> please send Jazz Stewart a fucking email explaining why. <laughs> I hey, really, really want evidence. to know. There's a there's a Which, thing. A picture of Bigfoot scat is the only thing we'll take. <laughs> I want either your reasoning or like a picture of you with your arm around Bigfoot <laughs> like you and him so we know it's not fake oh, oh god I don't know man so like of these UFO like pictures like in videos mm. are they gonna be some of the shitty 50 ones that are very uh, much faked Beats me, but all I know is that they saying that like the, the some fucking Air Force pilots that were trained these saw these things like every day for a few years, and it's just like if that's true and they seen these things every day for a few years and didn't know what it was, then I'm like I'm I'm intrigued to see what what they're going to uh, show, but until then it's kind of it, it it could be a paper airplane for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell high. you what. I'm- you know, I, I don't claim to be one of these guys who has all the answers, but logic dictates that it's some sort of like light reflect refraction or mm-hmm. like uh, like a weather balloon or <laughs> something. Maybe just because a guy flying a jet going Mach three couldn't make something out clearly doesn't mean that it's a fucking alien. <laughs> yeah, true. There has only ever been one. Well, I'd say he's one of of like three I've ever seen on his show that I like, and actually they're all scientists. Um, that one guy that Joe Rogan has had on that is a very respectable scientist, and his name's Brian Green. And he they started talking about UFOs, and he made up the really good point: is one. You absolutely don't I, don't, I don't know why people want there to have been alien sighted, that they have this fetish for thinking that wanting aliens almost to have been sighted, like you, you don't want them. If, if I would not want them to know of our existence, just, you know, out of just, just to be in, uh, sensible. And two, uh, why, if, why would they, if they're advanced enough to come to us, why would they even waste their time? It's like, do you, when you see an ant pile, do you rummage through it and see what's going on in some of the catacombs in it? You don't give a shit. Yeah. I think it was Stephen Hawking who said, like, uh, you know, if the, if we ever do find alien life, we should, ne- like, on another galaxy or something, or solar system, we should definitely not try to talk to them. It's like, because that's like extremely dangerous theoretically. Mm-hmm. That's assuming we don't decide to go fuck them up. 
which you know yeah, no we one's may human. Be in, yeah. we may be in Starfleet territory by that time, have our own Death Star, and just say fuck it. Um, but for right now, I always think of it as like when he said that, and he is a very, I is he's always got something really brilliant to say or profound and insight um, in his field. Um, but he said is like Wait, we don't. You shouldn't want them to know, or like, we shouldn't be telegraphing our existence. <laughs> because it's literally, it's, and, and he, the thing he said is like, it's basically, you know, being the Aztecs telling the Spaniards that you've got all the gold. <laughs> oh, man. So, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I think. Maybe, well, maybe there's a whole planet of Bigfoot, and they've been <laughs> flying some of them here, and they've they've like paid off the History Channel and the and the Discovery Channel to you know put out this these you know what they what seems to be so hilariously faked footage, and with fake shows to put us off the scent, and they're slowly no no no. I, I think I think a more uh, likely scenario is like a. Uh, so, you know, like the dipshit QAnon theory where it's like, oh, it's like a, it's like the world is run by, you know, devil worshiping pedophiles and Donald Trump is our one saving grace trying to bring the truth. I think that's not true, but something much more plausible is that the Bigfoots are coming. <laughs> <laughs> they are coming in, infiltrating in their ships and the history channel no but they're they're profligated as these fools so we don't take them seriously yeah they 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 every now and then they'll put some truth out you know some team getting close to finding out the conspiracy and then then what's on next like oh american pickers <laughs> damn you american see, what, pickers. see this shitty bike this guy has in his shed like don't mind the body <laughs> don't mind the bigfoot in there too oh, one quick line about american pickers is like why do people why is the only way to get through to people with like history sometimes is like crappy reality format like, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, American Pickers, what it is is two guys going into an old man's shed and just taking whatever they want. <laughs> like, that's not a healthy dynamic. Oh, just, it's like, oh. find something that's interesting, it's still just a thing. What are you going to yeah. do, find Napoleon's cap in there? <laughs> oh, and then uh, Pawn Stars. <laughs> oh, God. It's like sometimes there's interesting stuff, but uh, you know what? I prefer if they went back to like their original couple seasons where it actually wasn't staged. <laughs> because when that show first came out, it was kind of at the tail end of the the you know the recent in the past couple decades recession, the really bad one, mm -hmm. and uh, it was people coming in with like you know like a gun that's really fancy or like a sword or a map. It's like, oh, this is cool. It's like, why are you selling? It's like, well, I got laid off from my need job. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I really need the money. And that's how so many of the stories were. So, you know, they're like, yeah, this is kind of depressing. So they basically shut off the whole set, basically just sent their producers out in the world, like, find cool shit and basically have the guy come in and uh, talk about it. And if you notice in that show, nothing really ever gets bought. <laughs> 
towards the latter end of it. They come in and say, like, well, I'll give you $2 for it. <laughs> and the guy like, no, I don't think so. This is mine. <laughs> like, that's all fake. I don't know, man. Pawn stars. Oh, that's how you know that the pod is I'd over, rather, man. We've been talking about Bigfoot for an hour. <laughs> like, what is going on? How long is this chunk of block of footage that we've done tonight? Uh, uh, an hour and 30. Okay, that's, thank God. I was worried we were going over like two. It always feels like we do, but what we, we usually come in for landing about the same. All right, let's just edit this chunk out and then let's just do our closing thing real quick. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wink, wink, edit it out. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. You Whoa, lazy bitch. We're doing like a sing-off. Yeah. Uh, five, six, seven, eight. No, it's do the ending to fucking Big Bear in the Big Blue House where the moon comes way too close to the house. <laughs> and it fucks up the atmosphere. Oh, my God. The, the waves in the ocean go to 40 feet tall. <laughs> Springing is going to be, bad pitch is going to be the least of your concerns. Fucking tidal wave. <laughs> Whatever, man. That's a fucking pod. I'm just going to just wrap it up abruptly. All right. <laughs> abruptly.